RadioInfluence.com. Why, Crusher, it's good to see you. You're listening to Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell. Get in on the talent grid and text Crush at 10 12 60 with your questions, comments, or smart ass remarks. All right, and welcome to Crush Performance, everybody. Jeff Crushell here, the con man behind the glass, and we're your weekly source for performance information. Hey, listen, reach out to us. Questions, comments, smart remarks, we love them all. We answer every single message we get in. If you have a topic or something you'd like us to investigate, let us know. We may dedicate a segment, even an entire episode to your idea. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crush Performance is the email. You can follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Crush. And on Facebook, YouTube, all the social media platforms, search out Crush Performance, and we are there to help you think like an athlete. Well, today on the show, a really, really big show, an important conversation today, as we take a deep dive into corruption in sport with Crush favorite, Mr. Declan Hill, journalist, presenter, author, and the Associate Professor of Investigations at the Henry C. Lee College of Criminal Justice and Forensic Science at the University of New Haven in Connecticut. They're doing some groundbreaking work over there, and they have a brand new program, the Sports Integrity Graduate Certificate, helping people understand the depth, the breadth, and really what's going on in sport. You know, we often say that in order to truly understand a problem, you have to first clearly define the problem. And when it comes to corruption in sport, if we're going to attack the issues, we have to clearly understand the issues. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. We're going to be having a powerful, and I'm going to tell you right now, a very alarming discussion with Declan. But we need to get to work because we have a lot of things that need to be addressed in the world of sport. We just came off of an incredible four-part series looking at doping and anti-doping in sport. The issues there, match fixing, the sexual predators, the game fixing that's going on. It's just goes to no end and at every single level and no sport is spared from this incredible onslaught. And uh, we're going to have a, a great discussion with Declan today. I'm really looking forward to it. Stay tuned for that. Uh, to find out more because we're taking a deep dive. Now, I hope you and your families and your friends, your teammates are safe and healthy as we start to ease up some of the COVID-19 shutdown restrictions we're seeing. We still need to stay smart, but oh, what a relief it is to see the easing of these restrictions. Hope abound. And we're all watching Italy, of course, with great interest. Earlier this week, um, they are free. They are, of course, one of the hardest hit regions in the world. And after two months of house isolation, they're now allowed to go outside and exercise, get around, go to the park after two months and go visit family members, close family members. There's still tons of restrictions over there, but this is a huge move in their phase one. Uh, probably they're considering this, sorry, phase two. Phase one was the isolation, house isolation. The only way you could get out of your house is if you had a pass. And if you got stopped by the police and were warned, they would fine you. And it was serious stuff, and they took it very seriously, and rightfully so. And hopefully they're on top of it. We're going to watch Italy with great interest, and we're hoping that all of our good friends over there are safe and sound as they get out into the world and we start this return to normal, whatever it's going to look like. Here on the home front, man, it has been, of course, hard for everybody. Nobody has been spared the impact of the COVID shutdown. 
globally, but of course, you know, more personally, if you think about ourselves, our family, our friends, our teammates, everybody's been impacted. And the sporting world, of course, is no exception to this. The sudden disappearance of sport was recently reported in a great investigative report by ESPN that the shutdown will erase at least $12 billion in revenue in sport across the board. Thousands of jobs. The economic catastrophe is going to more than double if we miss the NCAA and NFL football seasons. So right now they're estimating it around, and this is conservative to be about $12 billion the sports industry has lost since the shutdown. And that will double easily if we miss the NCAA and the NFL season. I mean, just think about this. The lost jobs when it comes to pro sports, it's about $5.5 billion. And this is assuming that the NBA and the NHL will not have a season. We're praying that somehow they scrounge up the resources and a system that will allow them to at least have some kind of abbreviated season and playoffs. That would be fantastic. Just for, just for our spirit, that would be great. So we're really hoping, hoping that that happens. But these numbers are assuming that the NBA and the NHL will not return to play this year. In college sports, the impact's going to be about $3.9 billion, and about two-thirds of that is just simply March Madness, missing March Madness. And of course, our thoughts go to all those athletes who are missing that incredible event for the first time, and maybe for the last time, um, because of the shutdown. It's just a massive, massive impact on, on sports. And you know, from a society standpoint, we're looking at roughly about 3 million jobs associated with all of these sports. About 524 occupations, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Everybody from athletic trainers to security guards, umpires, the public address announcers. If you think about it, the groundskeepers to the dancers, cheerleaders, the security people. There's a lot of people, a concession. There's a lot of people who are going to be impacted here just beyond the athletes and sports and the owners, of course. Let's, you know, they're... That's one, one conversation, but the, the people who are going to be impacted by the shutdown of sports is astronomical. And that's not even talking about youth sports. Youth sports on its own right now. In 2017, if you remember that great Sports Illustrated article that talked about how youth sport became a $17 billion industry. Well, fast forward 2020, it is a $19 billion industry. Youth sports generates more money than any of the professional or collegiate leagues. And it's a big one. And of course, we know we've all been affected by that. If you're a parent, young athlete, coach, if you run one of those organizations that are just getting kids out playing, you know what I'm talking about here. It's a, it's a $19 billion industry. And if we just look at March alone, according to the Sports Events and Tourism Association that looks at sports, the sports travel industry, teams going to tournaments and traveling around, it generates a ton of revenue for the small communities that are hosting the events and, of course, for all the organizations that are, are getting the athletes there. In March alone, it cost the industry about $700 million. Think about that for a second. From lost seasons to lost jobs to lost revenue, we're facing an economic catastrophe that will double if the COVID shutdown wipes out the NCAA and NFL football seasons. Just think about that. Big numbers. And we're crossing our fingers that we figure out a way to at least play NCAA football, NFL football. 
If it means no fans and just television, let us watch on television. You know, let the advertisers advertise to us all. Let them generate some revenue so we can keep these, these, this economy inside the economy going. But also the, the wellness, the mental state of our society. So much of that revolves around the sports teams we cheer for. You know, the community, the fan bases, but also getting out and being active, of course. So it's a big, big topic. And, you know, we're just now starting to realize how deep this is going to run. And we still don't know what the future looks like. And that's one of the issues that we're facing here. And we're going to have some great conversations coming up with some experts about mindset and the psychology of the shutdown. Uh, For our part, we've been doing our damnedest to keep people focused and energized on the positive side of this. And that's the crush stay sharp drills and stay sharp strategies for the shutdown. We've been posting it on our Instagram, YouTube, Twitter at Jeff crush. You can follow us weekly ideas of things that you can do to help yourselves become a better athlete. Whether you're a pro, these are things that we're suggesting to our pros as much as we are to our grassroots and developmental athletes. But if we frame this shutdown upright, When everything does return, and it's going to return, it's just a matter of time, it's going to return, Um, we want everybody to return better than they were before the shutdown. Better athletes, more robust, well-rounded athletes to become more coachable, adaptable, and better players in their sport. Let's do it. Let's keep it going, everybody. And you know, for the parents, it's just, what a challenge this is. Kids are at home, parents are at home, and the parent is not just the teacher, they're the phys ed instructor. They're the psychologist, for sure. This is very, very hard on the young kids right now, and we need to have these conversations. And, you know, we're trying to bring on a lot of experts who can talk to us about this, and online there's so much great information. This is one, one there's a silver lining in this whole thing. It's the sharing of information like we've never seen before. That internet is really getting put to good use right now. And whether it's whether it's the team calls or the webinars we're seeing for every single sport, uh, getting your teams together and just, you know, guiding them through this and resources for parents and athletes and coaches everywhere. Just, ah, fantastic stuff. So um, there are some good things going on, but let's stay focused on getting better and getting through this shutdown. All right, today, again, on the show, a very important conversation with crush favorite Declan Hill as we address corruption in sport. How far does it really go? Well, you're going to be blown away as we take a deep dive right after this on Crush Performance. If you have any performance questions, comments, or smart remarks, text Crusher at 101260 and follow him on Twitter at Jeff Crush. Now, here he is, the Crusher. And welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. Jeff Crushell here. If you want to get in touch with us, please reach out. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crush Performance is the email. We answer every single message we get. So write to us, questions, comments, smart remarks, or if you have an idea or a topic you'd like us to investigate, we'd love to. And we may dedicate a segment, even an entire episode to your show. As a matter of fact, we've had a couple of our guests who've written to us on the show because their messages and their thoughts are so provocative and deep and just a great perspective. And as much as we like to get you guys thinking about things, you seriously get us thinking about things and we love it. What a great, great partnership that is. So please reach out, follow me on Twitter at Jeff crush and search out crush performance and all social media platforms. All right, getting into it. The crush deep dive for this week is looking at corruption in sport and nobody better. Absolutely. Nobody better to shed some light on this very serious issue than our good friend crush favorite, Mr. Declan Hill. 
He is a journalist, presenter, author, and the Associate Professor of Investigation at the Henry C. Lee College of Criminal Justice and Forensic Science at the University of New Haven in Connecticut. Declan, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you very much for having me. Well, uh, very exciting times for you and the group over there at the university. You guys have launched a brand new program called the Sports Integrity, Integrity Graduate Certificate. And um, I think this is this is a very, very important program. Maybe tell us a bit about the inspiration behind this and how it came around, Declan. And I've got a funny feeling this is going to have a huge impact in the world of sport. Well, look, as your listeners know, um, sport is facing a number of existential crises at the moment. Um, uh, you know, it doesn't take me to, to, to give the bad news. Uh, we're, we're facing issues now where it's a proverbial tip of the iceberg in terms of sexual abuse. We're, we're beginning to understand as fans, as, as officials, as, as people, uh, you know, in sport, that, that the widespread nature of the sexual scandals where coaches and officials and, 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 and senior people are preying on the young athletes, be it in hockey, be it in, in, in soccer in the UK, be it, of course, in gymnastics. We've seen this awful thing going on with Team USA gymnastics. We've seen it in figure skating. We've seen it across sports with a similar pattern where the officials, the league, the sports officials are either complicit where they're kind of turning a blind eye, they're like, hey, you know, you know, whatever, that coach is a great guy, don't interfere. So we've got that issue, we've got doping, and again, for many of your listeners, uh, you've seen this happening over the last couple of years, but the international anti-doping system that was set up by Canadians in the late 90s with the World Anti-Doping Association, established in Montreal by Richard Pound, is now under sustained systemic attack by the very organization which helped set it up, and that's the International Olympic Committee. The IOC is in is a kind of an, a loose alliance with the Russian government, and they're trying to you know, take out the, the, the live beating heart of the Anti-Doping Association and just carve it up and eat it for, for supper. The national anti-doping associations like the Canadian Centre for Ethics and Sport, like the Americans, USADA, like the Australians, New Zealand, Danes, basically the Western Democratic National Anti-Doping Association are frantically fighting against this, but it's really a rigged, rigged fight. In in my field, match fixing, sports corruption, again, your, your listeners know there has been a tide, a tsunami of match fixing going on in modern day sports, be it soccer, be it handball, be it basketball, be it cricket, be it rugby, be it water polo. Even, um, you know, a couple of days ago, I got texts from sports gambling monitors who are friends and contacts of mine saying, we're getting major match fixing going on in esports now. You know, this new thing that the people under the age of 25 are engrossed with. So we're facing match fixing. We're facing sustained attack on anti-doping. We're, we're facing this, this I, I hate to say it, but the new revelations of, of sexual abuse or widespread sexual abuse. And no one is training our officials. Nobody's training our law enforcement. Nobody's, uh, you know, taking it at, and, and, and breaking it down and saying, this is what's going on. Here's how you can investigate. Here's what you can do. Here's the sports law. So I'm set up at one of America's greatest forensic criminology departments, and bless the Americans, they said, this is important, you go set it up, and we'll back you 100%. So that's what I'm doing. I'm setting up a program, bringing in some of the world's uh, top experts, be they American, be they Canadian, be they European, Asian, Australian, whatever, and I'm teaching my students 
how to fight against this, these types of sports corruption and how to best protect sports. I like this front wave. I like this attack on the attack, Declan. It seems like we've been so reactive for so long. Um, And, you know, even though despite Mr. Pound's uh, work and everybody at WADA and some of the good intentions that were there, it's kind of disheartening to hear that the very organization it was designed to support and and protect is battling against it from within. This is is pretty disheartening, but I, I like this attack on the attack, Declan. Look, um, again, we could we could talk for you know five or six um, episodes just on the geopolitics on the attacks on the International Anti-Doping Agency. I'll give you one story, and then we can move on to other issues. But I'm I, I, you know I'm happy to provide chapter and verse for this because to our listeners who don't know my work, who don't know how preciously I guard my credibility, it's going to sound like something out of a James Bond or John Le Carre. But I'm was brought over to Lausanne in September 2016 by the World Anti-Doping Agency. And there was a, there was a, a full-on set to between those guys and the International Olympic Committee in this small little panel room in one of these hotels. And, the, and we're going back and forth, back and forth. While we are doing that, Russian intelligence agents connected with the FSB, that's the modern-day equivalent of the KGB, Vladimir Putin's former organization, including a number of would-be hitman assassins, are breaking into our hotel rooms and they are sabotaging the computers, the laptop computers that they're finding there. Now, before we get into the the extraordinary nature of that uh, story, let's talk about just basic intelligence craft or spy craft, as it's called. It's an excellent idea because you know where the people are you know where your targets are. They're in the small hotel room. You know pretty well when they're going to be out of that room. So you have access to their equipment that you would never be able to do if they were at home or at their office on their daily routine. So it was excellent spycraft by the FSB KGB boys. In terms of the proof of it, this has been proved six ways to Sunday, probably the best article uh, that I, uh, you know, advise your listeners to turn to because again, they're going to be like, "Wow, this is like this is John Le Carre meets international sports." Because there was a recent expose by Bellingham, B E L L I N G H A M, Bellingham Cat, an investigative reporter website, and they tracked these would-be assassins of the Bulgarian dissident back to the Swiss outfit of the FSB Russian spies. And they said, these guys, normally what they were doing when they weren't trying to plan assassinations of Bulgarians was they were launching spy craft against international uh, sports organizations based out of Lausanne. So the anti-doping thing, we can talk about chapter and verse in another point, but that is the, that's the kind of level, the kind of extraordinary espionage campaign that's going on around gutting the anti-doping associations. Alarming. We're talking with Declan Hill, journalist, consultant, associate professor of investigations at the Henry C. Lee College of Criminal Justice and Forensic Sciences at the University of New Haven, Connecticut. Um, also author of two crush must-read books, The Fix, Soccer and Organized Crime, and The Insider's Guide to Match Fixing in Football. Declan, this is... You're right. This is something out of a spy novel, for crying out loud. So where do we sit right now in your eyes? And, and, and you know, with the... With the launch of the Sports Integrity Graduate Certificate, what do you and the good people at the, at the university think the first steps might be? Well, look, first of all, we've got to educate the people, and we've got to educate 
sports officials, uh, people that are interested in getting into sports integrity. Some of the good news um, is that there's now a multi-billion dollar sports integrity industry. There are a number of large corporations that have been founded in the last 10, 15 years that monitor things like the sports gambling market. So as sports gambling becomes legal across North America, and it will very soon in Canada, you have these large companies coming in with sports gambling, uh, excuse me, with sports leagues, and they say, okay, NBA, we'll monitor the odds movements in your games to make sure a Tim Donahue situation doesn't happen again. Tim Donahue was the former NBA referee linked to the mob in his sports gambling uh, while he was an NBA referee that I had speak to open this integrity certificate. So those industries are mostly founded, organized, and run by Europeans, and they don't know uh, North American sports. So part of the graduate certificate in sports integrity is to take keen, enthusiastic sports fans, sports people here in North America, and train them to be able to read the sports gambling market. So some of my students, well, all of my students, when they're taking the sports gambling market course, first of all, learn the geography of the sports gambling world, how the sports gambling world actually works. We talk about things like gambling addiction. We also talk about technically important things to know, which is like how to run a book, like how to actually make a book on a sports event, and then how to do the odds so that you understand when those odds go weird and explain what money laundering through the sports gambling market is. It may not be a passion, say you're a sports lawyer needing to know this stuff, but at least you can know it. At least you'll understand what a three-way bet is and why that's money laundering. So uh, those are the kind of technical things that I'm teaching my students along with some of the world's best experts. Well, on April 22nd, you guys launched this incredible program. And as you, as you mentioned, with uh, former NBA referee Tim Donahue. And, you know, it sounds like, you know, when we when we look at that situation right there, um, the mafia is connected. Um, Tim Donahue was a scapegoat, per se. Like, how, how did that conversation go on, on April 22nd? I was, I was really disappointed. I missed it. I'm looking forward to the repost. But, but what a fascinating example uh, that is right in our backyard, Declan. Yeah, uh, look, Tim was uh, a gambling addict. I don't think it's I don't think it's correct to call him a victim. He was certainly enjoying himself as it was going on. Um, you know, he he thoroughly enjoyed the, the the thrill of sports gambling. But but this is the problem: when you're an addict, you end up losing everything. Be it drugs, be it sex, be it alcohol, be it gambling. You can't, the only way you get a thrill as if you're risking everything. That's where the adrenaline, which is really what you're pumping through your system, comes from. And this silly, silly man, it's really like a Greek tragedy. You know, he had almost everything, this high-paying, high-profile job. Um, you know, he was the king of NBA referees, or not the king, but he was certainly one of the senior people. And he basically threw it all away. And because he was so stupid and so risk-taking, and these are his own words, by the way, now, he got involved with illegal sports gamblers who had connections with the Gambino crime outfit, which is, as you know, Jeff, is one of the big five families out of New York, the big five mafia families out of New York. Mm -hmm. So by the end of this escapade, this three, four year run of gambling on NBA games, he was, you know, he was, he was completely screwed up. And, and when the FBI came knocking, he ran to them and said, look, give me protection. I'll wear a wire. I'm not the only NBA referee who's, you know, embroiled in this kind of corruption. I'll help you. I'll, you know, I'll do it. 
And very soon after he made that offer, very soon after it was accepted by the FBI, the FBI, uh, in my opinion, made the mistake of telling the NBA. And within hours, it was leaked to the media. And that was the shutdown of their investigation into any other type of potential corruption in the NBA. Yeah, and if it's happening in the NBA, we know it's happening in other sports. And you've talked openly about this on this very radio show. Uh, for example, um, the Canadian Soccer uh, League that, that, that we talked about uh, a couple of years ago. H- how, much, how much progress have we made, Declan? Has the public awareness ha- had an influence? Or is this just a, a fire that's fueled itself you know, in the shadows of sport? Uh, I think there are two things that are going on. I want to be very careful. Uh, again, I want to guard my credibility because to our listeners who are coming on this show, I don't want to come across as wild, crazy conspiracy theory guy. Um, there are two types of corruption happening in sports. One is linked to the sports gambling market, the globalization of the sports gambling market, and that is undoubtedly what is going on with the Canadian, you know, the now, whatever they're calling themselves now, the Canadian Soccer League, and that's been running for over a decade. Uh, Long systemic series of fixed matches in lower league Ontario soccer games. It's clear it comes up at Interpol conferences. That's the International Police Organization. The, you know, a multitude of these companies that are monitoring the sports gambling market have talked about this. Bookmakers, legal, illegal around the world have said, what are you guys doing in Canada? Like, this is outrageous. And the, basically the, uh, the law enforcement and the Canadian sports officials have thrown up their hands and, and, and said, and I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this as a Canadian, oh, there's nothing we can do. It's really too difficult for us. So that hasn't changed. That scenario is still an open, pus-ridden sore on the face of Canadian sports. The fact that no Canadian official would stand up and have the temerity to fight these corruption guys. That's one issue. The second issue is something that I'm hoping that you and your listeners can hear Tim Donaghy speak about. Because he is clear about his accusations about another type of corruption that he believes is going on. He believed was going on in National Basketball Association during the early 2000s, and he claims it may still be going on. I'm not an expert in this. Many of your listeners know more about it than I do, but I will repeat his accusations, and I ask you guys to listen to the interview I did with him, and you can judge for yourself his credibility. He claims that there is... A WWF or WWE move in professional North American sports. So, as you guys know, back in the early 90s when the World Wrestling Federation faced a number of lawsuits, faced a number of tell-all exposés that the wrestling was fixed, they changed their organization to WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment. And they wrote in their legal founding charter documents that they weren't promoting a sport. They were promoting an entertainment. Since that time, almost every single one of the major national, excuse me, major professional sports in North America have done the same thing. So the NBA is not legally a sport. It is an entertainment. And according to Donaghy, it was refereed as an entertainment rather than a sport. So there was a hands-off policy to major stars, There was a policy of directing the sport uh, playoffs to major markets, uh, to seven-game series. Um, And he spoke in great detail about how these refereeing decisions were conveyed to the referees in the league in a series of of meetings. 
Uh, and again, I, I, I let my listeners decide on this. It's not something I know about a great deal. I know the sports gambling world intimately. This is something I just don't know enough about. But he provided chapter and verse uh, episodes of this, how it's done, what it's done, and, and why the New York-L.A. Uh, series is the dream for any uh, sports league official and why small markets are their nightmare. Incredibly interesting stuff. We're talking with Declan Hill, Associate Professor of Investigations at the Henry C. Lee College of Criminal Justice and Forensic Science at the University of New Haven in Connecticut. Declan, this is, again, like out of a spy novel movie. And for all of us fans out there who are just enjoying sport for for what it is, this is a multi-billion dollar industry. And you have to think that, you know, we have somebody like Donahue saying these things behind the scenes where there is smoke, there certainly is fire. Um, how deep? Not necessarily. Not necessarily, Jeff. And that's why I invite our listeners to come and judge for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Donahue was a senior referee in the NBA. He provides these episodes. Again, I'm not an NBA uh, follower or fan. Some of these guys I, I, I had heard about and know, and he was talking about Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and this kind of stuff. Um, and again, so I, I, I let, I'll let our listeners decide on whether the major leagues are being reffed as entertainment rather than sports. What I can speak about with absolute certainty is the tsunami of match-fixing linked to the globalized sports gambling market. Do I also think that a man like Donahue, who's had direct experience with Gambino-linked sports gambling, may be trying to divert attention from his own crimes? Yes, it could be true. What he's saying makes, if you take your emotions out of the thing, you take your your desire that sports be wonderful and completely corruption-free, it still makes logical sense what he's saying. But that's so that's why I'm advising our listeners to you know to, to tune into the broadcast, the interview that I did with him and judge for yourself. Yep, great stuff, Declan. No, and that makes a lot of sense. So let's get back to the attack on the attack. Again, I really like this move, the uh, sports integrity graduate certificate. Um, this is really great. Let's talk a bit about, you know, you talked a bit about Henry C. Lee and what he's meant to this entire movement. Um, this is a this is a very, very powerful and interesting story as well, Declan, and sort of one of the moves that sort of nudged maybe everything to go in this direction. Could, would that be safe to say? Yeah, look, I, I was an investigative journalist for years, as you know. I, I wrote a series of books. I've, I've been around the world fighting the good fight against, uh, against um, you know, integrity challenges in sports. And a number of years ago, um, uh, University of New Haven kind of came shopping for me and said, we want you in our investigations program. And uh, the investigations program in the criminology department, uh, the entire college, the entire department was set up by this kind of modern-day Sherlock Holmes, a guy called Henry C. Lee. And it truly is one of these American success stories. It's an immigrant. He arrives from Taiwan as a kind of unknown police detective in the 1970s. And he wrote his PhD on this wacky, crazy idea. There was this new science called DNA, and he was going to link DNA with crime scene investigation. And most people thought the guy was crazy at the time. <laughs> of course, now, now, as everyone listening to this knows, it's, you know, it's the basic packet. But this was the man that originated it, Henry C. Lee, Lee spelled E-L-E-E. And he has been involved, they call him the Sherlock Holmes of America. He's been involved in the O.J. Simpson trial. He's been involved in all the 
Fargo murders, all the, uh, or at least the, the murders that, that um, you know, the series was based on. He's actually had his own TV series a number of times. Um, and the college is, you know, is just, just packed with, in my opinion, pound-for-pound uh, pound, the best forensic science department in the world. So our lunchtime, you know, faculty lunchroom, we have these appallingly gross, but really interesting conversations. So I'm sitting in the corner, I'm like an organized crime guy. I, I love my, my, my understanding of organized crime and how it functions and how it corrupts our political and judicial system and how it corrupts sports. But these guys, and most of them are gals, are talking about, you know, they, they want to set up a, 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 a cadaver field. Uh, and they, they, you know, one of their mentors has set this thing up in uh, Arkansas, and they go down and they study rotting corpses to see the time, how long it takes corpses to 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 to, to decay, based on uh, weather and soil condition. This is hugely helpful when a police detective is trying to figure out time of death and time of killing and stuff. So it, it, you have those conversations. Then the ladies and gentlemen of forensic things switch from that and talk about their archaeological stuff. Um, a number of them are working on mass graves found in New Mexico and along the Texas border. And they're taking that science and putting it to archaeological excavations of, of a pirate ship off Cape Cod, uh, the so-called bearded prince of pirates. Uh, his ship was discovered about 20 years ago, and they were able to identify some of the bones on that ship as to who they belong to. So really, really interesting. And, and so my passion about organized crime and the integrity of sport is one small section of this really interesting department. I'm sure during those lunch hour conversations, as candid and uh, unscripted as they are, I'm sure a lot of dots get connected when you guys are just talking shop, Declan. I, I would love to be a, a fly in the wall for, for even just one day there. Holy cow. Yeah, although I advise eating lunch either before the conversation <laughs> starts or long after, because there have been a couple of times, uh, I don't mind your listeners knowing that, I just have to push my plate away and go, oh, thank you, uh, <laughs> that was just a little bit too much information. But it's fascinating. It's really, really interesting. And and what I what I really like about it is very much, ironically, like my old department at Oxford over in the UK, it's real-life academics. It's academics that are interested not in some boring epistemological conversation about blah, 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 but they're interested in real life and, um, you know, how our work can really make a role in real life. And so I, I, I find it fantastic. I really think this is the way academics as it should be. Yeah, great stuff, Declan, and really, really happy to hear about uh, your position there and all the great things that are going to come out of the Sports Integrity Graduate Certificate. Um, and I really like the concept of just understanding the function of organized crime, especially when it comes to sport, you know, just getting an understanding of how bookmaking actually really works and how it can be influenced and how the gambling and betting goes and the odds and the odd makers. Um, that right there, I think, has got to be a huge step forward. I I'm incredibly intrigued right now. I, I, I can't imagine the impact this is going to have even short-term. Sign up, Jeff. Sign up. We're, we're taking students, so either you and your listeners sign up if you're interested because there is... Uh, it, 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 it's an interesting time. We've got major existential crises facing sport, sexual abuse, anti-doping, this, this, this myriad of match-fixing issues. But we've also got this new industry that we didn't have 10 years ago, where 
people who don't know anything about or very little about North American sports are looking around to hire North American sports experts who can say, okay, hang on a second, I've taken Dr. Hill's work in sports gambling, understand gambling movements in NCAA basketball or Tier 2 hockey or whatever. Um, you know, this is a growth opportunity and a, and, a, and, a, and a rare moment to get into an industry on the relatively ground floor. Yeah, no question. Declan, if people do want to get uh, more information or if for somebody like me who would love to get involved, where can we go to get more information and in, in how to get involved here, Declan? Look, I, I think uh, let, let's skip the bullshit. I'll give you my graduate assistant. who's this amazing Italian guy. Write to him directly. Let's get cracking on this. So his his email, and I've, he's given me permission to do this, is mvictorio at newhaven.edu. So at newhaven.edu. And his email is spelled M like mother, V-I-T-T-O-R-I-O. That will come straight to him or straight to me, and we'll get you set up. So M-V-I-T-T-O-R-I-O, mvictorio at newhaven.edu. And we're looking for students. We're looking for keen people. So... Just drop us a line and let's get cracking. And Declan, distance, learn, distance learning is not an issue here, obviously, with the way day this day and age. You guys just did a fantastic Zoom call. I'm sure um, people all over the world can get involved. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we had uh, over 30 different countries represented, over 14 different other universities that were tuning in, and uh, ironically, 14 national anti-corruption agency uh, groups that were also tuned in. So the Sports Integrity Certificate will be taught uh, online um, in a series of, you know, Zoom lectures, but also an online presence. So, yep, uh, people in Alberta, people in Canada, people around the world are welcome. Great stuff. And we'll post that. Uh, if it's okay, we'll post that email for everybody. To Absolutely. Get Great stuff. Declan, listen, thank you so much for your time today. Just another incredibly fascinating conversation with you. And for anybody who wants more information on Declan, you can go to his website, DeclanHill.com. Declan, all the best, and thanks for everything you guys are doing uh, for uh, the integrity of sport. Thank you, Jeff. It's a real pleasure. And and as I said, if there are any listeners who are a bit questioning, whether it be on the FSB or the NBA or the National, uh, you know, or anything that I said today, please check out my work. You see it's grounded factually. And if anything, I always try to understate the issue rather than overstate it. So I'd be happy for people to do that. Thanks again, Jeff. All right, there you go, everybody. Mr. Declan Hill, one of the most respected experts in this area and most certainly one of the straightest shooters when it comes to the facts and the no BS version of what's truly going on out there. You can check out all of his great work at DeclanHill.com. And I have to thank Declan for that incredible conversation. Now, listen, if you're interested in this area, like Declan said earlier in the interview, there are opportunities globally. So if you're interested in this area of sport, if you're involved in sport and you want to get involved in this sort of an area that's so, so important and gaining steam, by the way, there's opportunities out there. And I really like the idea of this Sports Integrity Graduate Certificate. This is going to be a very, very important program. I'm going to look into it myself for sure just to learn more and to see what it's all about. But it sounds great. I mean, look, you're going to be looking at international sports corruption, U.S. sports corruption, sports law, the sports gambling market. Again, just understanding the issues we're facing is the first step to truly, truly attacking them. And I'm telling you, the information Declan showed or shared today is alarming. And you know, we kind of all know what's going on. We hear it in the news from time to time, but boy, it runs deep and it's serious stuff. When we talk about human trafficking, the sex trade, 
the abuse, the sexual abuse. When we talk about the doping and match fixing, there's no end. But there's so much money involved now in sports at every single level that this stuff is starting to creep in. Where there's money, there's going to be crime. And so let's get educated, let's fight it, and let's uphold the integrity of sport. We have to thank Declan for everything he's done and all the people um, involved in that part of the industry just keeping it straight up. I'm a big, big proponent of fair play and clean sport. Huge. Maybe to a fault. I kind of, you know, have my opinions on all this, but um, that's a conversation for another day. I just really appreciate Declan's input today. And uh, what a fantastic conversation. Hey, if you want to share this, you can go get the podcast. Go to crushperformance.com, hit the podcast button, and there it is. Share this one with your teammates, your friends. I mean, what an alarming. You don't know about this stuff? Man, does that open your eyes. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for this week, everybody. Listen, coming up in the next few weeks, we have some fantastic shows. We're going to be looking at sport culture from one of the great new leaders in Major League Baseball. We're going to talk to him about the shutdown. We're going to talk about building performance cultures, caring for players. We've got some great conversations coming up with Dr. Jacques Delaire. We're going to talk about talent, talent ID, and developing talent with Dr. Joe Baker. Mr. Jim Fannin, the coach of champions, the zone coach, is going to be coming on talking about his new Z course, which is fantastic. And we're going to be looking at the mind and developing the mind of our youth and our athletes. It's so trainable now. So we've got some really big shows coming up. And again, if you want to hear us talk about something, you want us to investigate something, write to us again at crushperformance.com. Info at crushperformance is the email. All right, everybody. Onwards. Here we go. Another week coming up. Hope you guys have a great one. And we'll talk to you next time right here on Crush Performance. Goodbye now. Don't forget to ride. Hey, gang, Jerry P. Tuck here, co-host of A Place for My Head. Each week, Brandon Thompson and I are going to be talking about the importance of mental health. We're going to be talking everything from stress, anxiety, different mental illnesses, different chronic illnesses, and frankly, the rigors of everyday life and how we all struggle to get through it. We're not medical professionals, but we are looking to start that conversation that needs to be had about the stigma around mental illness and how it affects us every single day. We'll talk to experts, but at the end of the day, A Place for My Head is all about real people with real stories about real life. Check out A Place for My Head with Brandon Thompson and myself, Jerry P. Tuck, each week on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.